step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Your home for college football Saturdays is live with CBS Sports Analyst Rick Neuheisel. Powered by Mercedes-Benz of Seattle. Visit their online showroom at MBSeattle.com. The damn Husky. Are you really? How about I'm that? Slickhawk, fire up some music tonight. for us, they, for God's sake. Uh, on the farm. Enough of this, you know, worried about uh, waking up the, the those that uh, wear the Cardinals. Yeah, I really wish Rick was right about that. Jeez. The pick yesterday is Slickhawk searching for... Uh, well, I know where he is. I'm searching for a competent hotel employee that can patch me through to his room. Well, can you call his cell phone? I did, I did that earlier. Oh, you did that earlier? All right. Well, Terry and I can discuss the Husky situation right now and while we're waiting for Rick. And, you know, well, it. here's my thought. Yeah. Let's, you know, with the, the whole playoff situation has completely changed people's view no of what is a successful no season. question unfairly so but let's let me ask you this as a huge huskies fan let me ask you this let's say from here on out the huskies run the table they yep. win at utah they beat washington state in the apple cup they beat southern cal and then they win a big bowl game say the fiesta bowl okay yeah they, and re, so they run the table the rest of the way out and they go you know 13 and 2 yeah isn't would you be happy with that? Well, at that point, yes. But at eight and two, you're not. Right. At eight and two, and essentially out of BCS Bowl, if they still call it BCS Bowl, major bowl, unless obviously Cal can can pull it out and and beat Stanford. And we found Rick, and Rick is here. And Rick, we were just talking, unfortunately, about I, I've never been, I you know, I've never been more sad at one of your picks that didn't go right as I as I was <laughs> last last week. You and I lament together, my oh. friend. Man, what what happened down on the farm, man? Was that more of a was that more of an offensive problem in your mind for for Jake and the crew, or or was it uh, was it more the defense in the second half wearing down that you were a little surprised that uh, to see that? You got Stanford. It that that yeah. is what Stanford does to the teams that they ultimately respect. Go back to when Mariota was at Oregon and uh, Stanford had him on the farm. I think it was a Thursday night game in that particular deal, uh, maybe a Friday night game as well, and they held the ball for 41 minutes. I mean, when Stanford controls the clock, controls third down, as they did again this last night, I think, what were they, 8 for 13 mm-hmm. on third down? Uh, when, when you look at that and those numbers, in, in this game against Mariota and the Ducks, it was 16 of 21 on third down. I mean, it's just – amazing what they can do when they can hold the ball. And, and obviously Bryce Love is returning to full speed. And, and uh, for Washington, it, it was a case of we got off to a great start. And I think uh, Chris Peterson realized that up-tempo stuff was going to be risky for his defense, given that Stanford was going to be able to uh, uh, 
uh, kind of stay on the field. And unfortunately, he ran out of gas and, and uh, give Stanford credit. Uh, Terry, our co-host today, uh, was just bringing up, you're, you're on hold, maybe you got a chance to hear him talking about the, the unfair expectations now that not just Husky fans, but, but I think any fan of a team that regards themselves as a top, you know, 10, 15-ish type team, a playoff contender type team, that if you don't end up in the Final Four at the end of the season, then it was an unsuccessful year. And I'm sure as a as a coach yourself, I mean, you would you would bristle at at that notion from any of those fan bases. Well, exactly right. And this was this was the danger of the playoffs. This was the danger uh, of uh, the BCS era. Frankly, uh, when you when you for number one make games consolation games, uh, we all got. Uh, up in arms when the thought that the Rose Bowl wasn't an important game. Right. Uh, and, and now that you've got four teams that are going to make it to a Final Four situation, and that's the conversation that dominates the narrative, and everything else is considered a failure, it's, it's not right, especially when these programs are constantly in a state of flux, given not only injuries, but just the normal routine uh, coming and going of graduates and newcomers and, mm-hmm. and all the sort of thing. Uh, these are all brand new football teams kind of finding their way. And, and when they struggle and, and it seems as if it's been a, nothing but disappointment and despair, that's that's unfortunate because it's anything but if you get in these locker rooms and see uh, what's happening in these uh, in these programs. Uh, one of the few close games for Washington, they have just not played a lot over the last two or three years. I have, uh, you know, I've taken a look at Jake Browning's career and his almost three full years as a Husky quarterback uh, he's lost nine times, which is very good in three years. Uh, he has only had three close victories. And when you take a look at those 12 games, the nine losses and the three close victories, Jake's numbers are not only nowhere close where they are in the other games, they're just downright bad. I mean, he does not even average a touchdown a game in those uh, in those 12 games. And I'm wondering, you know, we've, we've started this debate here. It's gone on on the Softy Show. It's gone on on this show about – Jake Browning and what our expectations should be of Jake Browning and it's simply should it be that Jake Browning's a guy that just can 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 not win games for you but but can keep you from losing games and letting the rest of your great team win the football game you know I'm in the camp that says Jake Browning's a really good player I I don't know that he's going to put you on his back I don't know that that's his skill set and I'm not sure but for last year that he had a supporting cast that he could uh, that he could put you on his back, and they were going to make the plays again. The the missing John Ross, and you did, and John Ross really was healthy for one great season, right? Yeah. But but because uh, the year before, I think he was playing corner, wasn't he? But uh, mm-hmm. the the bottom line is John Ross changed that offense. That it gave uh, Chris Peterson and company what we call puncture. Uh, ability, which is to puncture the top of a defense and create the the fear of God in any opposing defensive coordinator, that that has to have an answer. And when you have the ability to run through the top of a defense, it creates air for everybody else. And that's why you can take advantage of that air. And certainly uh, the brain trust there in, 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 for the Huskies knew how to do that. When you miss that, when you don't have that fear of uh, God, somebody's going to make you pay each right. and every down. You can get closer. You can start to extinguish some of that air, and and it becomes much more difficult to just generate what has been routine offense. And 
while the running game has remained solid, uh, I think some of those big plays missing have created the need now to go 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 plays, and that's just hard to do. It's, I don't care if you're Jake Browning or, or uh, Jalen Hurts or, mm-hmm. or uh, Baker Mayfield. It's just hard to do if you're having to go 12 plays every drive. You talk and, about – oh, go ahead. And, Rick, Terry. this is Terry. I mean, there are people here who feel like they potentially have that kind of player in Ahmed who – even Peterson has said they just haven't been able to get him on the field enough, get him enough, get the ball to him enough. Do you think he can be that kind of player for them? Well, I, I, I you know, I'm always for the optimist. I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. If if uh, the guys who watch him every day believe that can be the case, then then obviously you hope that you get to see it starting uh, this weekend against Utah and hopefully in the Apple Cup. But uh, I'm just looking from outside looking in that piece was really important, and it, I think it, it's it's understandable why the numbers diminish. How do you balance that, what Terry's talking about, where you have juniors and seniors, the Miles Gaskins, LaVon Colvins, they're really good football players that you don't want to pull off the field and take away carries from them, and yet you know that this freshman you have, as far as just you know dynamic ability – Maybe not a better running back, but as far as big playability, he's got it. Have you ever been in that situation before where you had this freshman that you're like, God, man, I got to get him on the field. I just don't know where and how. Well, there's two ways to do it. One is you look for packages, you know, and, and only only the coaching staff knows how much the youngster can handle. Mm-hmm. You look for packages that, uh, hey, there's a group of plays where we're going to try to feature him, get him, like the basketball term is, touches, right? You get get him get him chances to to do what he does, see if he can't start to become comfortable in it. We kind of did that with Rich Alexis back when he was a freshman and in, in maybe a little bit behind in terms of understanding all the nuances of football, but certainly a gifted guy. Mm-hmm. We needed to get him some chances as a freshman. And obviously he, he took the chances and run with it, ran with them. Uh, then there are guys that you just know have to play. Reggie Williams comes to mind. Right. You know, we, we forced him in in that first game, and there was a, a, a drop or two in that first uh, quarter of the Michigan game. But you live with that because you've seen on the field that this kid's going to be a dominant player, and he just has to get through those uh, growing pains. And I think he ended up with over 100 yards receiving in that first game against Michigan. So uh, it's, it's, there's all sorts of schools of thought. But I promise you this, Chris Peterson's been doing this a long time, and he knows what's the right plan for the youngster. There's a guy that can take the top off a of defense uh, on the team that the Huskies are facing this week, and that's Darren Carrington, and he was uh, one of those – kind of this new school uh, free agent. You know, a lot of these free agents are because uh, they graduate and they're graduate transfers. Well, he was a free agent because he got himself in trouble, which obviously, uh, you know, dog fans kind of see that and say, well, there's no way that we're going to have him here because he's not an OKG. But uh, boy, oh boy, would that guy look good in the, as far as the weaknesses that the Huskies have. He would fill that those exact voids that the, that the Huskies needs. He's a pretty special player, and the dogs are going to have their hands full on Saturday. Well, you'll recall in that national championship run when he was suspended, uh, that that was a huge, huge problem for Oregon to try to find the same big playability uh, down the stretch when he was not available against the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. Oregon went right down the field in those first couple of drives and, and uh, then dropped a pass or two that might have been the difference uh, you know, in terms of getting uh, the Buckeyes on their heels. So this kid is explosive, uh, you know, Kyle Whittingham is always looking to try to find the formula offensively. 
uh, it's ironic that Jake uh, Browning's uh, head coach in high school, or offensive coordinator in high school, is is now the offensive coordinator coming in there tonight with the right. Utah and Troy yeah. Taylor. But uh, it, it it it's a there's no question Carrington has got the opportunity to make big plays. Now the quarterback has to be more consistent for Kyle Whittingham. Before we move on from the dogs to the to the rest of college football in the next segment, I got to ask you about the the trials and tribulations of. Uh, of Azeem Victor that I mean this is a this is a pretty quick fall from grace I mean we're talking about first team preseason All-American just two and a half months ago and let it be a lesson to all those who want to be great at something I mean you have to be disciplined you have to make good choices Uh, UCLA's got these three basketball players with an international incident you know and Mm -hmm. You you have to you have to do the right things and and when you get behind the wheel of a car you got to make sure that you're you're in position to handle the vehicle properly just as all the other decisions we make as human beings and yeah. and uh, while I I pull for Azim Victor I think he's a wonderful football player I hope he can get uh, this all this this other stuff uh, squared away because it'd be a shame for that to be the reason he doesn't materialize as a really really fine player on Sundays. Our weekly guest, Rick Neuheisel, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz of Seattle, located in the heart of the Soto District, just blocks from the stadiums or at mbseattle.com. Plenty of good games, including a couple intriguing ones in the Pac-12 to get to with Rick Neuheisel coming up next right here on 950 KJ. Word by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. On your home for college football Saturdays and the NFL, Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love. Well, Rick, all eyes at Husky Stadium when that game kicks off at uh, 7.30 tomorrow night. Uh, we'll be looking at, their, looking at their phones to find out what's going on down at the farm between Stanford and Cal. Do we Husky fans have any hope whatsoever that uh, our boy Justin Wilcox can, uh, can do, us a, do us a little solid and knock off Stanford in that game? You know, actually, I do believe you have a chance. Uh, certainly, we've seen Stanford look uh, anemic at times, cert- yeah. unfortunately not against uh, Washington. But we saw them against Oregon State. We saw uh, how they looked against Washington State. Yeah. And remember Washington State traveling down to Cal and, yeah. and getting pasted. So uh, I think Justin Wilcox has done a whale of a job there defensively. Uh, I think the offense shows up at, at, at times. They have five wins. They need one more win. They've got this game against Stanford. Then they've got one against UCLA to get to postseason, which would be a remarkable thing for uh, that Cal Bear program, given where they are. I, I, I think there's absolute hope. And then uh, the first and only Rosen Darnold encounter. That's yeah. going to be uh, That's the big one. That is going to be something. And I don't know. I just think with USC in the position that they're in, they've got a lot of momentum. The, I I still believe they have an outside shot with some help at uh, at having a chance to the get to the final four. I I see this as a one sided game, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Does what what do you think of UCLA's chances? In this one? Well, I'm hoping as an old Bruin that it's not a one sided game, but I kind of <laughs> feel like the same thing because again, looking at the run defense for uh, UCLA, and they gave up big yardage again last week to Arizona State, even though they found a way to win. Uh, Ronald Jones is having a quiet, big-time season Yeah, with all the conversations about Bryce Love and, and uh, Khalil Tate. But Ronald Jones is having a monster year. And if the Bruins can't do a better job corralling the run, this can get away from them. Because I do think USC is playing pretty darn well right now defensively. And, yes, Josh Rosen is a fantastic player and, and I know wants to perform well on this going to be his biggest stage. Uh, but 
I, I just think you have to have the ball to do that. And, and right now the Trojans look like they're able to control that, uh, that ball with that running game. Rick, obviously every NFL scout in the free world is going to be at that game watching those two quarterbacks. If, and I've seen some pick Darnold ahead of him. I've seen some pick Rosen ahead of Darnold. If you are an NFL coach, which one of those quarterbacks do you think has the most potential and which one would you want? You know, I think the the one that has the skill set that's ready made is is Rosen. Uh, I saw too many holes in in uh, Darnold's game this year, mm-hmm. uh, and I would say he'd probably be better suited to come back a year and try to get uh, a little bit more uh, discipline to his game, so he's not making all these uh, poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can attribute that to an offensive line that was patchwork at times, but he still made those poor decisions. I would say Rosen is the guy that's uh, ready to go right now. You and I are usually in cahoots on on these picks that we bring up, and I see Michigan and Wisconsin, and I see our friend old Khaki Pants uh, getting seven and a half points with that defense that he brings into into Camp Randall, and in a Wisconsin team that certainly hasn't faced anything the likes of the Michigan defense, and I just don't know who scores points in that game. So I kind of I kind of like the Wolverines with the points in that one. What do you think? Well, <laughs> I'm probably going to go the other way because okay, I good. agree that uh, I have been seeing, you know, uh, a lack of production from that Wisconsin offense. It just kind of gets by, but that defense is one to behold. Yeah, I mean, they're the number one defense in the country. They uh, are the number one rush defense in the country. They have played lights out. Jim Leonard uh, taking over for Justin Wilcox has not missed a beat. And, Quietly, that little freshman running back, he's not little, Jonathan Taylor, is having a monster year, too. Mm. And I think Hornerbrook has enough going on, especially in front of a home crowd, that I think Wisconsin is is the pick there. Tell us what you like about your games on CBS. You've got Mississippi State, Arkansas, and and Georgia. Boy, oh boy, Georgia needs a get-right game after last week. Boy, do they. Uh, you know, the the game, we're, I'm in Fayetteville as I'm coming to you today. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on here as, as uh, the athletic director was just fired. Mm. Jeff Long showing the door, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I don't have this in writing or anybody's come out and said it, but I, I think the reason that he was showing the door is he's unwilling to part ways with Brett Bielema. So when you're sitting there at, a, at, a, at the crossroads of a season, Arkansas finds themselves at four and six, needing to win their last two against uh, Mississippi State and Missouri to get there. I think you uh, got to ask yourself, you know, how 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 do we best get this accomplished? Uh, and and they really don't have big play guys, but it's going to have to take an inspired effort by Arkansas. But I'm when this sort of thing happens, that's when you get those kind of inspired efforts. So uh, I'm looking forward to a whale of a game here in Fayetteville against uh, a very good Mississippi State team, and then Georgia and Kentucky. Do you realize if Kentucky would have won either the Ole Miss game or the Florida game, both which won 28, 27, won mm-hmm. 37, 34. Yeah. One with five seconds left, one when they didn't cover a wide receiver. Just completely left him out there to score there with uh, inside of three minutes left. Had they won either one of those, this would be for the SEC East. So Kentucky is a formidable foe. This is going to be a much better game, but it's a get-off-the-mat game, as you point out, with Georgia, and I expect them to do that. Rick, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. First of all, on the CFP rankings, and I know I'm in the minority on this, but I feel like – that if you are undefeated in a Power 5 conference, uh, regardless of your strength of schedule, 
you should get in. We have a situation here, and I know this will probably will play it all self out, play itself out because they'll play each other in championship games and stuff like that. But right now, Wisconsin's outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Until last week, Miami was outside looking in, uh, and teams with one loss were ahead of them. To me, the the goal of the thing should be to take as much of the subjectivity out of it as possible. But we still have that because of strength of schedule. How do you feel about the rankings and and the way they're done? Well, we always have reason for quarrel, <laughs> and I certainly Clemson being number two right now uh, is is certainly creating a quarrel because they're giving them all sorts of credit for having an injured player at the time of their loss. Well, that's part of football. That happens. Right. That happens to everybody. Uh, it's happening, you know, each and every Saturday. So uh, I agree with you, but as you point out, it's going to work itself out. Wisconsin, right. the top seven teams, all the way to Georgia. Georgia sits at number seven right now. If they win their remaining games, they're going to be in. And it's it, mathematically all it cannot happen where any of those seven teams win out and don't get uh, a position. Right. Uh, the teams beyond that: Notre Dame, Ohio State, USC, uh, Washington, who took a precipitous fall and find themselves behind Michigan State, who got drubbed forty-eight to three. It, it it's disrespectful for the Pac-12, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, that that Penn State went by USC and Washington went behind uh, Michigan State. That that makes zero sense at all, and uh, it always bothers me when the West Coast gets gets snubbed like that. But uh, for the teams that are going to be in position to get to the Final Four, I think they're all. Well placed. Finally, Rick, am I going to be sweating uh, Coach Whittingham's boys tomorrow night? They're good. You know, he's always going to play with a great defense. They need another win to get to bowl uh, eligibility, and we'll wait and see. But I think uh, it's going to be a good game, but I like the dogs. All right. Thanks, Rick. We Thanks, always Rick. appreciate it. Take care, Have a great. Hey, Bye-bye. we won't see you next next week. Hey, the pick. The pick yeah, is the Wisconsin. Pick. The pick is Wisconsin. God, I'm on record. Go- wow, the right. pick is Wisconsin. Can you can you give us since we're not going to have you next week? I don't think unless you're going to come on Wednesday. Um, are, what do you think about the Apple Cup? Uh, I like I, I like the dogs. I think the dogs' defense ha- handles business. I love it. I love that. That's, all, right, all, I, that's all I needed to know, Rick. <laughs> Take all right. Care now. Have a great Thanksgiving, Bye. man. So that's Rick Neuheisel. He, so he likes the dogs this week. He likes the dogs next week. But. Full disclosure, he liked the dogs last Well, week. that's true. But, you know, <laughs> odds, the odds. That's right. 656 on 950 KJR. We'll switch it over to Seahawk Talk with our friend Greg Bell next. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.